Hello, and welcome to the Just Bible No Fluff podcast. My name is Katie, and here it's all about the unfiltered Bible without any extras. Join me for a focused journey through faith, uncovering the truths that truly matter. In today's episode, we are going to be uncovering some biblical truths from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 18. So grab your Bibles and let's dive in. The text reads, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, Let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of a sea that that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways." Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation, and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits." Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say that he is tempted. I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creations. So now let's zoom out and talk about this letter written by James. So this is Jesus's half-brother, James, and we see that from Mark chapter 6, verses 3. Now, if you want to read more about the story of James, that could be found in Acts chapter 12, Acts chapter 15, and Galatians 1 and 2. So, James, he became a leader within the Jerusalem church. This is the first Christian church of Jewish people. 
And during his time there, they had a horrible time. There was famine. There was poverty. There was persecution by the Jewish leaders. In this book, James, it was by James, it wasn't written for a specific church, but it was written for all the followers of Jesus. So this is a unique book that can apply to even us today. So this letter wasn't to teach like anything new or groundbreaking. It was basically James imparting wisdom that he's learned over all of his walk of being a Christian. So that's very applicable to us. So as we hop in at this book, let's start at the beginning in verse um, one. I know I didn't read it, but this is just the opening of the chapter. And he's basically just saying that he's a servant of God and the, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's just telling who he is. And then in verse two, count it all joy, my brothers, when you're meeting trials of various kinds. Now, do we count trials joyfully? The answer most time is no. But he's saying that trials test your faith, either making you return to God and become stronger with him, or trials make you flee from God. And either way, it's done its job. It'll make those who believe in Jesus believe in him more. And those who are kind of on the fence get further from Jesus. So he's saying trials are a good thing. If we're having things in our life going wrong and upsetting us, we should be taking advantage of it and turning more toward Jesus, not away from him. So then in verse three, he says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. This is what I just talked about. It's it makes you stronger in your faith for God, and it will make you want to lean more into your faith of God. In verse 4, it says, Let the steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. So our faith in Jesus will become even more, and eventually it will become perfect, lacking in nothing. We have no doubts. We're committed to God, and we're committed to our lifestyle, even in the trials. In verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously. So when we're going through trials, sometimes we have to ask God for help for how to get through that trial. We don't have that wisdom of how to survive that. We don't have the wisdom of having to learn to deal with grief or anger or all of those things that happen during a trial. And it says, if you ask him, it'll be given. And then in verse six, it says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. So this is kind of two parts. When we ask for wisdom from God, are we asking in absolute faith that he will provide? Or are we asking in a way that we're like, help, help me get through this? Or do we say, thank you 
for giving me what I need to get through this. It's a different attitude. It's like praying with confidence knowing God is going to help you get through it. Or praying with unassurance, questioning if God will even help you. So it's more of the idea, are you confident God has you in his best interest? Or are you just kind of holding on to that rope saying, I think I need to take this in in my own hands because I don't think you've got it, God. So it's that idea. It's are we asking in full faith? Because when we reach those trials, it is tough. It's hard. But it says the person who asks doubtingly, he's like the wave in the sea that just is tossed by the wind. It goes one way and then the other. It's not tried and true. It's not steadfast. And then in verse 7, it says, For the person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. It's that person that is tossed by the sea. He doesn't think he might or he might or might not get something from the Lord. He's not steadfast. Are we steadfast or are we like the sea? In verse 8, he says, He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Double-minded not quite on God, not quite on us. And we're, and it says he is unstable in all his ways. Unstable is the opposite of steadfast. So we're either unstable or we're steadfast. Which one are we? We all have things we're struggling with and dealing with right now. We've all had things happen in our past, or we will have things happen in our future. Are we going to be steadfast through them, or are we going to be unstable through them? We have to make the choice now, in the moment, and before the moment happens. In verse 9, it says, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. So when we have God, and we're confident in him, we should be able to boast in him. And it said in verse 10, and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. Are we going to let ourselves be like a flower and pass away where we're there for a little bit and then we're gone? Or are we going to be steadfast? It says, for the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. The grass is there, it's beautiful, it's green, but if the sun scorches it, it's not there anymore. It's unsteady. And then it continues and said, its flower falls and its beauty perishes, so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Are we letting the world in general take us away from God at times? We only get to be this beautiful flower that it talks about if we're with God and we have confidence in him and we are steadfast. If we are unwavering and not steady, we will have a flower that withers away. We'll have grass that dies. Doesn't that just show that being in the world and not being anchored in Jesus brings death? And we'll see that in just a little bit. So verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. 
The steadfast man is the blessed man. And it continues and says, For when he stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So this implies if we're steadfast, we love God. But it also implies if we are unsteady, we don't love God. Yes, that's harsh. Let me repeat that. If we are unsteady in our lives, we do not love God. It's implied here by saying that those who are steady love him. So, and it continues. And even at that, in verse 13, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot tempt with evil. He himself tempts no one. So in life, do we try to blame God and say, God is putting me in this situation because whatever the excuse is. God does not tempt us with evil. God allows temptation to tempt us, but he does not tempt us himself because he is good. He is not evil. So in life, are we realizing that God is not the one doing the evil things to us? And in verse 14, we'll find the answer. It says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. And the desires, when it conceives, give birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. We are only tempted by the things that will tempt us. Guys, don't you think the devil is watching? Don't you think he has tried and tempted you with several things and he has seen what you take the bait to? He is smart. He knows. We're not going to be tempted by something that has no effect on us. We're only going to be tempted by the things that they know gets us. And that's what it's saying here, is it's saying God doesn't tempt us with evil. Evil that's in our hearts, the things that we're more likely to take the bait on, that's what tempts us. It's, our, it's the things within ourselves that get us in trouble. And then in verse 15, when it said that the things inside of us, our desires... Those give birth to sin. If it's in us, eventually we're going to take the bait and we're going to sin. And then it says, sin is, that gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's gr fully grown, brings death. Now, doesn't that remind you of the flower and the grass we just saw? When we're the unsteady man, our, we are like the grass, we're like the flower, and then we die. That's what sin does to us. It takes a beautiful thing and destroys it. In verse 16, it says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God is always good. He is always just. He's always fair. And he is, and it says, there's no variation. There's no shadow due to change. God is tried and true. He is unchanging. And that's good news. And it says, of his own, we will be brought 
of his own will, he brought us forth by the words of truth that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. So when we as Christians are baptized and we're buried into the water, that's like his death and his death. We go down in the water just like Jesus did and we're raised a new life. He's saying that we're the first fruits of his creatures. The whole plan with the new with the church, the New Testament. We are the new seed that's the first fruits. We are the new creatures. And he's saying that of God's own will he brought forth us. So we are the new first fruits. We are the new creations of God. And that is powerful. Are we going to be steady creatures or are we going to be unsteady creatures? We're the first fruits. Are we going to wither or are we going to blossom? Which one are we going to be? So today in our faith, are we going to choose to be steadfast or are we going to be the one that's unsteady? We have the choice. Whether you're going through a tough trial or not, are you steady for God? Are you remaining steadfast in Him? Or are you letting the world make you unsteady? Don't let your flower, your first fruit, be destroyed by sin and death and your own desires. Today, choose to be steadfast. Be the steadfast man today. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Just Bible No Fluff podcast. New episodes every Monday. Remember, the beauty of the Bible lies in its direct impact on our lives. Stay connected, stay faithful, and keep diving into the unfiltered wisdom of God's Word. Until next time, this is Katie signing off, wishing you a day filled with purpose and faith.